Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, covering the weather and climate. We're living in a moment where extreme weather is becoming more common and the effects of the climate crisis are happening more every single day. And it really has put increased attention on weather people on television and weather reporters around the world. They are now sort of at the front lines of what's happening and are trying to sort of like put what's happening in weather in a broader climate context. It turns out that one of the people sort of leading this charge is Al Roker, who is the weathercaster on the Today Show, has been for years, has now become one of the most well-known and trusted names in the media world, but has also been a leader in making people understand the ties between weather and climate. Really happy to be joined by Al today. Al also has been a big supporter of Covering Climate Now, which is the journalistic collaborative that CJR co-founded. He hosted the Covering Climate Now Journalism Awards last year. Those awards, we've just picked the finalists for those, and those, those are being announced this week. Really happy to be joined by Al Roker on the podcast. Talk to me about your interest in weather reporting. You started doing this when you were in college. Right. Uh, uh, and my interest in it was a paycheck. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a, uh, a radio and TV major. Now today it's communications, but then it was radio and TV. And, and I really had no interest in not just no interest in, in weather, I had no interest in being on television. I was going to be a writer or producer or something like that behind the camera. And at the end of my sophomore year, a college professor uh, put me up for a job doing weekend weather at the station he worked at in Syracuse, at the CBS station. And, And it was one of those weird serendipitous things in that uh, I had taken a meteorology course, intro to meteorology, in, in the beginning of my sophomore year, uh, and taken an environmental, then it was called ecology, now it's environmental sciences. But, you know, just kind of an intro, introduction classes. And I was kind of interested in it, but, it, you know, it was, I had no intentions of following up. Uh, and then I got the weekend weather job. And that was uh, in May of 1974. Um, and uh, here I am today, very old, and uh, <laughs> yeah, still doing this. Um, you grew up in New York City, right? I did. Yeah, you can test a theory that I have. I've lived here for what, 25 years or so, but I grew up in Texas, and weather seems to have less uh, less relevant in New York as in in the city. Like I've I've lived in places where like. You really mm-hmm. track the weather, and it becomes a part of your daily life. It seems less so here. Like as right. a as a kid, did you? I mean, this was not on your radar as a kid. Well, no pun intended. Uh, it, it, my mother uh, told me this, and I didn't remember it. But there was a uh, a weather. Uh, uh, actually, he was a meteorologist. He was an Air Force me- former Air Force meteorologist by name Tex Antoine. Oh, and uh, that's a great name. He was on Channel Four, and then yeah, and then Channel Seven. And he was also an artist. He did uh, kind of a Maggie learn to draw, kind of Bob Ross kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but he also did weather. And, and he did this thing that uh, uh, he had this character named Uncle Webby. And it was kind of a, an easel. And there was an art piece of artwork that kind of looked like him. And he would dress 
Uncle Webby for the weather, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously for kids watching. And there was, a, I don't know if you've, have you ever heard of a little art thing called color forms? No. You know, it was like a, it was a background and you could put plastic pieces like, like dress up characters and things like that. Anyway, there was a, there was a Uncle Webby color forms kit and I loved color forms and I had an Uncle Webby. And so I would watch TV. I would watch him on channel four and, uh, he would tell you what to put on Uncle Webby, and so I would do that. Uh, so it was like fate, I guess. Uh, but I, I, it's a long way around of saying, you know, as a kid, I was—I think I had the same interest as any other average kid or and or adult. Like, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to be sunny. What's right. it look like for the weekend? You know, and I think in New York, it's still—I think people are still just as fascinated with it it's just that you know it it doesn't quite affect us in the same way it was it would say in the plains or down in florida or you know i mean uh but i think people still you know care about it and have cared about it all this time i think it's just in new york there's so much more going on yeah uh, you know, we only have so much bandwidth. So when you first came in, you, th- this was still the era where the weather person was kind of the light part of the broadcast, right? Um, well, you know, it, it depends on it depended on where you worked at, uh, and I think it also depended on your station. You know, like if if you went to almost any local market, yeah, you would th- there was uh, the quote weather girl, yeah. know, very attractive young woman who did weather there was the kind of funny kind of more personality was probably the station staff announcer or or you know whatever and then there was usually the person who was an an accredited meteorologist who was a scientist yeah and was on the air so and and there are obviously shades gradations and permutations of that formula but i think in any given market you would find some mix of those yeah did that um you know did that did that the fact that that was still the case in some of these markets did was there ever a point i mean you said that you sort of you you know got into this because it was a job and then you just sort of stayed um was there ever a point when you're like okay this is enough i gotta i gotta get out of this i gotta do some something else no i didn't because i didn't realize that, like in, I, I, I did radio, um, uh, you know, disc jockey kind of stuff, and, and and your stock and trade there is is banter and talk. Yeah. Uh, and so that really kind of translated well to doing TV weather, as opposed to doing news where you're pretty pretty much reading a script. Yeah. Uh, weather is you know, the map is your script, right. and the words are just kind of go around it to, to transport you from one map to another. Uh, but uh, uh, so, so, you know, it was, I kind of fell into the right position. Yeah. Um, what I guess I was best equipped for, at least um, uh, from a temperament standpoint. Yeah. I, I've never not liked doing the weather. There's never a point where I thought, eh, I gotta, I gotta move on. Yeah. I mean, I think, this this background is so interesting to me because fast forward to where we are now, where the weather has taken on a whole different tone, 
and whether reporters are n- now the, the the sort of the nature of the story is entirely different because there's a lot at stake and it's ominous and it's a bit scary and um do you remember was there a was there a storm was there an event where you were like wow the the world is different and my job is different um uh, superstorm sandy uh-huh. uh that was uh one of those and, and because we tracked it for about a week we went down to florida and then kind of rode up the east coast and ending up in in uh Point Pleasant, New Jersey, and uh, the destruction this thing caused, you know, up into New York and, and beyond, and and then subsequent storms after it that that uh, that season, like Hurricane Ida and, and, and more, uh, was uh, a sea change, no pun intended. You know, where where Superstorm Sandy without uh, making landfall in New York City caused massive, massive destruction and death, uh, you know, in lower Manhattan and out on uh, in the Rockaways and Staten Island and, uh, and, and, and even to the point where it changed the topography of New Jersey yeah. uh, and the geography of it. So uh, that was, uh, that was like, okay, th- th- there has been a, a paradigm shift here in, in not just uh, weather and what these storms can produce, but in the way we're going to have to cover it. Did, did you have to sell that idea to NBC? Did you have to go to them and say, hey, no, like there's no, something going on no, here. We got to no. change the way we do this. No, it uh, the, the good thing. Listen, I can't speak to other places, but. Uh, they've always been a place, it's always been a place, you know, what's the story and what do you need to follow it? You know, I mean, within reason, nobody's given me a, a hurricane hunter plane, uh, but, uh, you know, but, but it is, it is a place that, you know, looks at what's happening. I mean, it's probably not much different. I mean, obviously a different story, but it's the same uh, calculus as to covering, say, uh, racial injustice and, and what happened during the pandemic. So, yeah, or covering the pandemic. Uh, but but as far as, as us being able to tell these stories, uh, they've kind of left me to my own devices in that if this is what you want to do, by all means, go for it. I mean, one of the reasons I want to talk to you is that you have been really leading the charge among um, weather reporters to 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 sort of like put what's happening in today's weather in a broader sort of climate context. How has that changed the way you go about your job? I mean, do you spend a lot more time reading UN reports? Do you do you have now well, a different I kind do. of Rolodex of people that you talk to? Well, here's the great thing uh, about being someplace like NBC News. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, they've to the point where you know, two years ago, we, we, we started uh, adding resources to what was our weather unit. And, and it, it's more than a cosmetic 
name change. It, it, you know, we've got more resources, and now it's the NBC News Climate Unit. Within our news division, there's the business unit, there's the medical unit, uh, there's the consumer affairs unit, uh, and then there's the climate unit. And what's great is there's a lot of interaction between those units. Weather and climate, it, it touches everything. You know, if, 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 you know, there's extended drought in the West, which we're seeing, and that changes the calculus for what, what's grown and how it's grown, uh, that's, a, that's a business story. Uh, uh, if there is a greater chance of a pandemic spreading because of a warming climate, you know, it's a, it's a medical now climate story. Uh, if, you know, allergy seasons are getting longer and, and you're seeing allergens in places that you didn't before, again, it's a medical story, but it, it touches, climate has touched that. So, you know, so, the, so that we kind of pool information and, and, and we've got a very robust group in just the climate unit our, uh, it, itself with people with different backgrounds uh, so that, Look, I'm 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 not Joe scientist, you know, and I never pretended to be. I do have a, I do not have a degree in meteorology. Uh, I I have a love of of information and uh, and and I love doing weather. And so, you know, I've got a, you know folks who say, hey, this is something we ought to look at, and then they direct me to it, and uh, you know that's when I I try to kind of train train my people on it. Uh, but it's what's great is we have. Look, I'm I'm just one guy, uh, but we have a, a real great a really great team that you know can can bring that that information and focus it so that you know we 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 present what we need to. You're just one guy, but you're often cited as one of the most trusted people in media, and you have a huge which is a frightening which is a Frightening, concept, but <laughs> and you have a huge reach. What 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 kind of world are we living in? Well, there you go. But but um, you know, we've been really through CJR and through covering climate now, trying to get uh, media, especially television, to do more and better climate coverage because we think the story warrants it. And one of the bits of feedback, uh, and not so much now, but even a year ago or two years ago, that we got from especially television was that. You know, we got to be careful because people view the climate story as a downer or they view it as a kind of political thing that we don't want to we don't want to get into. Um, what yeah, is your I, audience? I, what kind it, of what do you what do you hear on that? See, that's what I'm, I'm very curious about in that, uh, you know, we, we do this. And, and you know, look, I've I've heard those same uh, concepts, the same theories, but. You know, we, when we do these stories, first of all, our overarching uh, philosophy, policy, is we're not going to twist and turn something just to make a climate angle. Either there is or there isn't, and we're not going to. And, and either it's verifiable or it's not. Yeah. Uh, because I think basically, I think the average person, and I almost hate that phrase, but I think that our viewers, let's just put it this way, I think our viewers uh, are smart, 
They know something's going on. They, they get it. So our job is already halfway done. I think we do have a receptive audience. I think people do see that stuff is happening. Our job is to, A, give them fact that we can prove uh, to, for linkage that because of this, we can't say 100% that this will happen every time, but we can say that the likelihood of this happening is greater because of our warming climate. And I think our other uh, uh, mission is to say this is not hopeless, mm -hmm. that there can be uh, positives, that people can make a difference, you yourself as an individual, um, and that if we put our collective will behind things, we can make changes. You know, you, you probably remember yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about the hole in the ozone. Yeah. Well, we, we made changes. We made policy changes. We made decisions in manufacturing and materials. And, and lo and behold, that, that hole is all but gone. So, granted, this is a much bigger issue. A warming climate is, is, I mean, look, it's a much bigger issue right now. But as we saw, you know, in the pandemic, and it was a, it was a really hard way to learn a lesson, because of the suffering that went on. But we saw how quickly the planet started to heal itself mm -hmm. um, when we were removed from the equation. Now, unfortunately, when we went right back to what we were doing, it didn't take that long for the, you know, the, the, uh, the emission levels to you know, get back to where they were and then some. Um, but we can do it. Now, obviously, we can't shut down a global economy and, you know, just go from 100 to zero. But, you know, there are things we can do. And I think that's our job also is to, to, to also point out changes that people have made, both big and small, and, and how that, that's, that's for the good. And you have that, you have a degree of optimism, both personally, sort of in your bones that tells you this is something that we can sort out, and also as it relates to your kids? Yeah, listen, I, I think life and our experiences are, are a pendulum. I learned this from my, my wife, who is actually the real journalist in the family, Deborah <laughs> Roberts. And she said, look, you know, this country, it's been known for swings. You know, we go from one extreme to the other, and eventually you settle in the middle. And, and I think that most people, like I said, know that there's something going on. And I think this politicalization of this issue is going to eventually go away because people are smart and they realize, hey, you know, we need action. We need to do something. We need our government, both from a, a, a town, a city, a state, and a federal level to do things. Um, uh, and, and, and I think those things will get done. The problem is we don't know if they'll get done in time and, you know, to, to a, a greater, great enough degree to make a difference. You know, we don't know if we've reached a tipping point. And if we reach a tipping point, what happens then? We don't know that for sure. Uh, we can speculate. You know, there's been plenty written about it. But, you know, it's still anybody's ballgame. Yeah. Al, it's great to talk to you. Oh, please. I, I'm, I'm, I, I do think we can do this. I really do. Uh, 
listen, we throw these things in sometimes just as asides, just as, oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we don't get any negative pushback from it. You know, I look at the call logs. I look at our, our you know, social media. And you'll get one or two crackpot types. But most people, either there's no, nobody's complaining about it. And to me, in a way, no news is good news. Or people are actually saying, hey, thanks for that. You know, so I, uh, you know, I, I think news executives and politicians underestimate uh, the American public. I like to say that it's the power of like looking out the window. You know, yeah. if, if you want to yeah. know whether the climate's changing, just look out the window. Look, I mean, I, I and, and look, even something as simple I would, the, the the general area what used to be the traditional tornado alley is shifting. You know, as you've got a warmer Gulf, you're seeing more moisture, you know, getting thrown into the atmosphere and, and more fuel for these storms. And so the, the plains, the traditional tornado alley, those, uh, uh, those number of tornadoes are on a downward trend. The upward trend is, is, is the southeast and a little further to the north mm. and into the Ohio River Valley and a little further east. So, you know, I mean, people, people see, and to your point, you know, you look out the window and, uh, you know, people are seeing more extreme cold, more extreme heat, more extreme drought, more, you know, storms that, that used to drop, you know, maybe half an inch to an inch of rain are dropping three, four, five inches of rain. People, and, and that affects their, quality of life it affects their economics it affects their insurance rates you know it, it touches everything and they know it and that's that's our mission is to just to basically and and when things when there are good things that happen to let them know that too yeah uh, it's a balancing act but boy it's 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 an important one right now and, and but i think our viewers appreciate it and want more of it. Yeah. Thank you again. My pleasure, sir. So look for the Covering Climate Now Journalism Awards finalists list, which is out now. The winners will be announced later uh, in the summer. And follow all of Covering Climate Now's work at coveringclimatenow.org and CJR's climate reporting at cjr.org. Watch our daily email, The Media Today, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week.